Hey everybody, it's Brianna from All In The Fam, the certified, fresh, all-inclusive, unfiltered podcast. Look, if you need to catch up on the season, make sure you do. And when you do, you can either listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can even watch on YouTube. Now, a little call to action. We are trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. And yes, for clout, sure, but it's just a goal that we're trying to reach. So if you could support by subscribing and clicking that like button. Also, comment. We want to hear from you guys. Y'all know you guys are a part of the fam. So today's episode is episode three and the final episode of the mini series mixing passion with professionalism in this series i spoke with three good friends about how they're turning their passions into well professions so make sure you go take a listen to those previous episodes diane pajo and johanna gaday had a lot to say regarding their experiences and it's just relevant information for all of us especially for us who are in the millennial pool right now so today's episode, I speak with Camille Fairbairn and we talk about how, look, sometimes the things that we love and want in a career just isn't always what we expect. And we also talk about how this pandemic affected the career outlook for many. All right, let's get to it. All right, what's up, Camille? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Long time no see. I think the last time we saw each other was two years ago. Yeah, probably 2018 when we were still at DePaul. Well, you were not DePaul, but when we were still in Chicago. Yeah, you were at you were yeah. at DePaul. You were a senior. Yep. Yep. So how you how have you been since then? I know it's COVID right now, but give me a little generalization. I'm a little catch up. You know, they don't prepare you for how hard real life is when you graduate. You can be so prepared and then it's just this crazy roller coaster ride and it's great and it's fun and it's the ch- most challenging time in your life. But, um, of course my AirPods are dying. It's um, <laughs> a great time. And yeah, I ended up moving to New York, like kind of unexpectedly so that has been a huge up and down ride but we're still fighting we're still trying to be there because it's you know the the best toxic relationship you can ever have is your one of New York true true awesome so a little synopsis so for those of you guys listening we have a mini three-part series within season two so season two is all about adulthood right now and the three-part series, we are talking about mixing passions with professionalism. Um, episode three, we talked with Diane. Episode four, we talked with Johanna. And now episode five, we're talking with Camille. So Camille, touching on passion before we get to professionalism, what is something that you're passionate about? It doesn't even have to be career-related. It can be something that you're interested in, a hobby. Tell us what you're passionate about. So I'm sure just like you and everyone listening, that is the million dollar question. And I think we stress ourselves out so much trying to pinpoint that and think about it. And um, I highly encourage everyone to watch this, but Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, she has an amazing video fighting against passion on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. And this video changed my life. I watched it recently during quarantine after have you know, getting laid off. So it was perfect timing. And it's about 
kind of being just having a curiosity for life and how sometimes that's more fulfilling than having one single passion. Mm -hmm. Um, So that took a lot of stress off of me from feeling like, why don't I have a passion? Why do I want to do everything? And I'm struggling to put my energy into one thing. I can't commit. And it's like, that's okay. So I think in general, when I really think what is the one thing that makes me the most happy, it is human connection. It is exactly what we're doing right now. It's sharing energy, learning about people, growing through your connections and your network and your experiences. So long-winded answer, but that is what I'm passionate about. (laughs) Okay, awesome. So I take it, obviously, knowing you for a couple of years, you're definitely a people person. So Mm -hmm. I know back at DePaul, what, what exactly was your, was your major at DePaul? So I was a public relations and advertising major, and I was very much kind of like, I've committed to this and I'm on this path. Had I really taken a step back, I think I actually probably would have majored in, um, maybe even sociology and a minor in African-American history and jazz studies. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Because those are the classes I was most into at DePaul. And also every professor I had in any of those departments, like actually cared. Yeah. And was a very high quality professor. So that makes all the difference in the world, you know? That's awesome. Awesome. I just realized that we didn't even tell people how we know each other. So quick... It's interesting because we've only we've only been around each other in person, I want to say twice. We yeah. went to the soccer game together our freshman year. And then when you asked me to do that survey for you senior year, that was like mm-hmm. the second time. But about literally, but during those four years, so we first became friends because you were looking for a roommate on the mm-hmm. DePaul freshman page on Facebook and you like gave your whole bio and description. I was like, oh, she's kind of cool. She kind of cool. Maybe I want to rumor her. And then I messaged you and then we just clicked. We didn't end up being roommates because um, I got put into, I forget. I think I got put in. I swear you were right across from me in, what was I, that, Belden? Yeah, I was in Belden and Racine. I was yeah, going to say the nickname, but I'm not going to say the nickname for that door. I don't even know the nickname. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. I'm not going to say it right <laughs> And you were in University Hall, right? Yeah. 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 So that was actually the opposite end of campus. But anyway, ever even though we weren't roommates, we were, we're still like each other's biggest fans on social media. Literally. We've only I seen each other like twice. <laughs> like anytime I see you post, I'm like, that's my girl. That's my girl. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's. I mean, clearly we share similar passions, but like, I have so many friendships like that. And it's like, that is my passion. Like, that's what I'm good at. That's what I enjoy doing. Half of my friendships are like completely virtual and it's crazy, but it's like the most amazing thing ever. I never thought we'd be doing this together. And here we are. So it's great. So since you're a people person and you majored in public relations and advertising, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, a very people oriented career. Can you explain exactly what exactly public relations is for those, uh, for those of them who don't know? Yeah, so public relations is essentially managing a favorable portrait of a company, of a client, 
um, and you're kind of a liaison between your client and the public. Um, so it could be anything from helping put out a new product or tell a story a certain way that you want to or um, crisis management, something bad happens and you're trying to change the narrative. So it's just really all about keeping a positive image and well, that's the goal. I mean, I could get into public relations, which let me tell you is like one of the most fake industries on the planet, mm-hmm. which is why I'm no longer a part of it. Um, so yeah, let's just say manipulating the narrative that you that you want. Um, and also one thing that I learned very early on that I feel like is not really discussed in public relations is public relations is sales. Public relations is borderline entry level cold calling cold emailing sales like that's what it is and you have to be aggressive and on top of it and have a no shame in the game like harassing people mentality Mm -hmm. and that's not for everyone by any means um I just I'm sure you do too but I have a lot of journalist friends and just having the knowledge of what they're receiving yeah yeah, so your your emails getting slammed all day long, and you know it's kind of like shooting what's that shooting dark, shooting shots in the dark, shooting darts yeah, in it. the dark. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> yeah, just like hoping they might be staring at their email as yours comes through. So it's challenging, but some people absolutely love it. I think it can be a very very rewarding job. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about college, like you declare your major and then you're just expected to be in that career for the rest of your life. They don't really, yeah. I know some professors will go off the whim, off the syllabus and, you know, actually give you some life, life lessons, but not all professors are going to be like, hey, you might actually fucking hate this job, you know, after yeah. so-and-so years after you graduate. Um, and, you know, you got, you kind of had to like take credit for yourself because you did go into it, you pursued it, and now you realize this isn't for me and you know I was mm-hmm. the same way where I wanted I thought I wanted to work in like sports marketing ended up hating it because you all like with sports marketing you always have to start out in ticket sales and just like you said about public relations and yeah. sales I hate sales I hate it yeah and then if I were to to continue to work in sports my passion for sports would would away and I didn't want that so I switched over yeah. It's like, oh, wait a minute. I love media. I like talking to people. Let me do that. Let me work for a radio station and a news station. And now I discovered like, oh, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. So you just kind of have to like take credit for at least you tried and now you know. So what are you, first of all, do you have any like good experiences? Like I know you had like a couple of jobs and internships. What were some like positive aspects of those? So So this was really cool, actually. Um, I went to a private school in Portland, Oregon, and for the month, basically our last month of school, senior year, um, we were required to find and basically be in an internship for in replacement of school for all of May, which was amazing. And to just go into college to have an internship that you found and secured on your own um, was phenomenal experience to have. Um, So I ended up interning at a company called R West and it's an integrated communications marketing agency. Um, their main headquarters is here in Portland. It's definitely on the smaller side, but um, big clients. And 
I just had a good time there. It was fun. I mean, did I do that much? Well, actually, I, I kind of did. Um, they, so Sorel, I'm sure everyone in Chicago is familiar with Sorel as in like the winter boots. Mm-hmm. That was like their biggest long-term client. And they were, they held a contest every year called Sorel Style Me. And it kind of focused on like college kids and how they, how they wore their Sorels to class and all this stuff. So I basically got out to take over that whole project that year, 2014, um, and recruit people and, you know, write seating lists and all this stuff. So I learned quite a bit there considering I was really only there for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, totally want to do PR. This is like perfect. I feel like I see myself doing this. Um, but at that point, I didn't realize I was doing more integrated marketing. I wasn't really doing a whole lot of PR. Um, so then I went to school and my junior year to fulfill our internship credit, um, let me backtrack. Actually, I had a friend that introduced me to um, some people in the sh- Chicago music scene and kind of, I mean, pushed me into it. Um, didn't really know this person. He was like, I know you're a PR major. You know, I've been talking to you for 30 minutes. Like you have to meet these people and you have to start working with them. And I was like, great, awesome, let's do it. So then comes Mellow Makes Music. I was going to ask about that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Joseph KV, who is, you know, I guess still more of a consultant manager for him, but at the time was his manager. And Joseph owns Just Chicago Group as like the most badass human being I know, um, is such a mentor to me. And has always pushed me. And that just kind of kept like leading to things, just small things. And then I interned with, um, let's just say a a family friend, family of the family I was naming for. Mm -hmm. And she worked at LVMH for her like whole career, which is dope. And then moved to Chicago and started just her own thing and was doing all the PR in Chicago specifically for Moet and Hennessy, which as I'm sure you know, Hennessy and music hand in hand. Yep. I should say like rap. Yeah. To be specific. Um, especially in Chicago. Yep. So I ended up kind of interning for her for college credit. Didn't do a whole lot, mostly just did her press recap and just a lot of like organization for her, mm-hmm. um, which I actually really enjoy that stuff. <laughs> Making PowerPoints. Um, and my first meeting was at Soho House with her the head of marketing from away in Hennessy's central region and Andrew Barber (laughs) so I am just like getting thrown into this music thing thinking well this is just like meant to be like it just kept happening to me and I wasn't even chasing it and I was like well this clearly I'm just supposed to be doing this so Andrew, another mentor to me, great guy. Um, We still keep in touch and, you know, he's kind of a soundboard for me sometimes when I need it. Um, Then came the job search. Sorry, this is so long. No, you're good. I'm (laughs) like, because we have similar like career interests. So this is like, I'm just over here like, oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Keep going, keep going. Um, So then we... Yeah, so then comes like graduating the job search, whatever. And I'm thinking, oh, I've got this amazing network, getting a job, like my resume is pretty decent at this point, getting a job should not be too challenging. 
And I thought I was going to have to move to LA because I didn't want to stay in Chicago because it's just not the right industry for music and what I thought I wanted to do. Um, and I was like really bitter about moving to LA, not my people and we won't get into that, but <laughs> so I'm home and then I'm only applying in LA and like Portland thinking, oh, maybe I'll do something here for a little bit and then whatever. And this job that was connected to my high school internship, um, she reached out and was like, our West, um, our old whatever now works at this company in New York and this job is literally a resume. Like you have, they're looking for an account executive, blah, blah, blah. So two weeks later, I'm like moving to New York, literally. And it was, I barely interviewed for this role it seemed so perfect. It was ridiculous. I was working on the Proxima Spirits accounts. Music was a huge part of it. Um, we were about to do this huge campaign with 1800 tequila. And I was like, what is happening? Like, this is the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. And everything was just falling into place. And I get to New York and it is an absolute shit show. I am still in therapy, girl, from what? how bad this job was. Yeah, I won't speak about anyone right. there. I won't, like, whatever. But it was one of the hardest times of my life. And, like, coupling the fact that I just moved across the country. I have two random roommates that I didn't know. Even farther I, from home. Yeah, I'm literally three hours, you know, ahead in time. It was just so crazy. It, so it sounds like, so, you know, your passion with people and connecting with people was just hindered because the professionalism of the company just wasn't right. And it was, yeah. and I do hear that a lot. I do have friends in the PR world in Chicago. You know, Chicago is like a top five city for that. Yeah. And it's a dog eat dog world, you know? Totally. People will say things and to your face and then behind your back, it's a whole completely different story mm -hmm. as, you know, you know, in your situation. And it sucks because, you know, I think, especially right now, because many people are laid off, many people are applying, we need to dig more deeper into the companies that we're researching and that we're applying for because I know you mentioned okay. that you applied for this job you barely kind of interviewed for it and you just moved you know mm -hmm. right after graduation correct pretty uh, much I, I think I was home for six weeks and okay. then yeah so I started on October 1st got you and that's what sucks because on paper everything looks squeaky clean and then when you get there it's like damn y'all bogus um, like this is your company culture and i, I just i'm yeah. like going on my little advice tangent to those listening like if you're applying for jobs right now one i know it's tough Two, take your mental health in consideration because you don't want to work oh for a company God, yeah. that's going to not value value you if you're taking the time out of your worth to make a company better then they better treat you the same and that goes totally. for company culture, that goes for how the boss respects you, talks to you, what the brand is, all that. So, like, what are some ways that you had to just cope with that, with that culture? It was really tough. I mean, I was working right off the bat, easily 12-hour days. Um, 
working on the weekends as well. And it, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It destroyed my confidence. I came in from college having spent all four years just like building this network, building this amazing community that was so supportive and still is. I'm still friends with all of these people that I was working with in college. And it just got, you know, stripped down to nothing in New York. And um, New York will do that to you. I mean, that's part of it. People are very blunt and cutthroat there. And like, that was something that was also a learning lesson, if not one of the biggest learning lessons was just people are way more direct on the East Coast um, than they are on the West Coast. And certainly in the Midwest, I think the Midwest is very nice and more in tune with how the West Coast functions. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't lie and say I'm like fully recovered from that. I think you question I question myself a lot of the time can I actually do this am I qualified or am I weighing over my head and naive and you know as hard as it is you cannot let one person that was supposed to be a leader affect you from moving forward like that because that's not leadership at all mm -hmm. that is anti-leadership and um those lessons I think in general of like how I would be a leader and move forward in my career, those are the biggest things I took from how I was treated. Mm -hmm. Got you. So what is, what do you want next for yourself in terms of career? Do you want to, like, do you still want to be in live events, music, that industry? Like what, let's unpack that. What's, what do you want next for yourself? And you don't even have to give a time frame because yeah. right now nobody needs a time frame. Everybody just needs to yeah. sit down and just reflect at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, what I think I want, what you think you want and what you actually want and will thrive are generally different things. True. Um, if I have learned anything, it is that. So I'm trying to go more with the flow and, you know, I think we have so much less control over our path than we think we have. My biggest thing is follow opportunities that pique your interest. And if you're just like following that path and not forcing yourself into or against anything that presents itself, I think that you are on your right path. Um, I would love to be in integrated marketing. That would probably be my goal. Um, I'm not super set on the industry, but something within probably spirits, music, entertainment, sports. Um, shoot, these are dying. Hey, you're good. Hey, can you still hear me? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but right now I'm obviously kind of desperate with a job. So I'm going to take <laughs> not the first thing I can get, not the only thing I can get, but right. um, probably more of a supportive executive assistant type role is what's next for me right now. Got you. But I'm feeling much more motivated to start my own projects and I was thinking about starting my podcast. Then you asked me to be on it and I was like, is that oh, a sign? You want to do a podcast? Huh? 
Yeah, I think so. Yes, I love it. I love it. So here's here's the thing. A lot of my friends make fun of me because I listen to more podcasts than I watch Netflix TV shows. Like the queue of podcasts in my, in my Spotify, I think I listen to like 30 podcasts. That's like awesome though. A week, like different type of podcast. So whenever it's somebody a learning like, tool. It I is. Mean, education all the time in mm-hmm. your year. Literally, like, I'd rather listen to a podcast than sit and just have images just, you know, flow into my brain and then my brain goes to mush because I'm not even getting anything out of it. But that's super exciting. And I feel like this is a perfect time why I'm doing this podcast right now because people have a lot of free time. So why not actually do something that you're kind of interested in? You know, yeah. tough times right now, but it doesn't mean that we can't find some happiness, you know? Um, so. What what's keeping you motivated right now, especially in this rigorous job market right now? That's that's just tough on everybody. Like, what's keeping you motivated to apply, and what are some steps that you're taking to apply? Um, you know, my mom and I are both like this, but and this is both a blessing and a curse. I am obsessed with stability, and I feel like totally off my rocker if I mm-hmm. don't have financial stability and it has absolutely hindered me from taking chances on myself and starting passion projects, personal projects. I think about this all the time. Um, so that drives me constantly. That keeps me up at night. That, you know, is the reason for most of my anxiety and stress levels. (laughs) Um, but that is not to say that I encourage others to feel that way or to, even accept that for yourself. Um, it's something I'm constantly working on, but that is what fuels me is financial stability. And once you have that, I, well, for me, once I have that, I feel like I can do other things, but that's kind of what keeps me stable and creative and focused is the ability to just know that I have that at the end of the day. Got you. Got you. We think the same in that aspect. Like, if yeah. I'm not financially financially secure, I'm just like, oh my God, what what's, what's going to happen? Like, I can't function. I just like mm-hmm. shut down. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't really, cause I'm still like trying to get a job, but I shut right. down from everything else. Like mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's tough. It, but man, like, I just want to say though, even though I, I may be your biggest fan, but I do look up to you because girl, your oh. grind, your hustle is just on point. And I would not have you on this podcast if I didn't know that you have so much potential, whether it's career-wise, whether it's, you know, your passion projects, whatever, like use this, like I'm hyping you up, but like use that as fuel to keep going, honestly, because if I believe in you, then hell girl, I know your family and all your friends believe in you too. So keep going, keep applying. What, uh, what advice would you give younger Camille? It could be DePaul Camille. It can be, you know, high school Camille. What advice would you give? What advice would I give myself so much? Um, I think really the biggest thing that I try and drill into my head every day, trust the process. It really will work out. And when things seem for me, I'm always like, Oh, that's off path. Oh, this is going to ruin my resume. Like, what am I even doing? It's so irrelevant. 
it always ends up being relevant. You will always be at the next step ahead and look back and be like, oh, that's why that happened. Every single time, everything, every person I've met, every conversation, whatever, has always launched me forward in ways that I didn't realize was happening. And I looked back and they're like, oh, well, this happened, but couldn't have happened if I didn't have this job or have met this person or- Mm -hmm. The domino effect. It, yes, Mm -hmm. that's- simplifies my crazy brain. Um, (laughs) It totally is. It's a domino effect. And I know it is the hardest thing in the world for a lot of people to trust that myself included, but it really does work out. And, you know, that isn't to say I feel very privileged to have a super supportive family and friend group to fall back on. And I know that's a luxury that not everyone has, Mm -hmm. Um, everyone deserves that and should have that, but, um, that is, that's helped me a lot. And I hope that everyone can, you know, if they don't have that in their family, that they can build that with their own friends and have that because it really, really is everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially in American society right now, or always, we've always been such a successful country, the greatest country, whatever, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. But yeah, (laughs) but all that pressure is why so many Americans are just so go, 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 go. I need this, 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 this. I need need to do this now. If I'm not at this point in my life, at this age, then I failed. No, you didn't. Yeah. That's society telling you that you did. But if you, I guarantee you, if you go to any other country and live there for a couple of years, they're, they slow down, they take their mm-hmm. time, like, they they are the example of trusting the process. I'm not sure which countries, but I know there's countries out there where their societal norms is not fast-paced like us, and I feel like, I feel like our generation is doing a good job of changing that mindset for ourselves, Yeah, not being so persistent on, you know, where we're at in terms of our goals instead of just, okay, I'm here, how can I just work to get to the next step? And I feel mm-hmm. like we're finally changing that narrative. So I really like that advice of, you know, trust in the process. Um, and trying to break down the steps too. I think mm-hmm. one thing that is really hard for me because my brain just works this way. I'm like, I just want to look at the big picture at the end and right. to really be successful in any goal. You need to break it down into small steps mm-hmm. and reap every great feeling, rewarding feeling when you hit that, that little, that mini goal. Like it's all about the mini goals and that propels you forward and forward and forward until next thing you know, like screw that original goal you had. You're like creating bigger goals for yourself. So it's so important to break it down. And again, I need to take my own advice, but (laughs) I know it's so hard taking our advice. It's crazy that you mentioned, you know, making little goals to achieve your big ones, because I'm actually making a video that's going to air next week about motivation. And I'm literally going to be touching on that. So you really just previewed that. So thank you. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Love it. Yeah. So we do have to wrap it up, Camille. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. I think you said some amazing things and advice and I love hearing your little stories about your previous jobs, giving us a little bit of the tea. Um, Too much tea. I'm going to regret this. (laughs) You're good. I had so much fun with you. I'm like so down to do this anytime. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And if ever you start your podcast, girl, 
I got you. If you need oh, tips, I got first you. First <laughs> season, if I do season, we'll see. Perfect. Well, Camille, it was good talking to you. And it's, it's literally so good talking to you because I have not talked to you in two years. So this is great. I know. <laughs> I know. But no one would ever know that if they listen to this. That's true. That's which true. is so good. Yep. I know how to pick them. I know how to pick them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Camille, I'll see ya. All right. Bye. Thank you. Yep wraps up episode five i hope you guys enjoyed it and look it's going to be hard if you just graduated and if you're recently unemployed due to the pandemic it's tough just know that there's many people going through it with you maybe not in the same situation but people are going through it right now they're going through it don't let this time hinder your aspirations with your passion with your career with your projects whatever it is don't let this time hinder your spirit. Now, let us know what you think about this video. Let us know. So make sure you head over to YouTube, subscribe, like, and comment. We wanna hear what you guys are thinking. Um, what are some things that are helping you get through this pandemic? We wanna hear it. And then also follow us on Instagram, all in the fam 0719, give us a follow. Next week, we will post an episode about investing tips to YouTube. So it's a little video segment, so make sure you go and listen to that. And then also, the next episode will be September 9th, where I talk with Anna Garrett um, and how she is in event marketing and how the pandemic affected that. So I'm Brianna Cherie, signing off. Peace and blessings, y'all.